What up, ballers? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a, stu- uh, a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks and let's go. Calvin, that's a tongue twister, man. It, it really sure is. is a tongue twister. It is a tough let's one. Let's go and let's go Mavs, right, Mike? Yeah, welcome everybody. Steven, what's up? Mike, what's up, guys? Welcome, welcome. We have a good show for you today. Uh, some awesome games yesterday. I'm just going to throw it out right here. 0-3 for me yesterday on my picks. Two for three. Uh, so I'm done. Not financial advice. Stop <laughs> listening to me, everybody. Uh, but hey. Let's jump into the show. On today's menu, we talk about Ja Morant winning uh, MIP and then giving it away. We talk about some injuries, uh, who went fishing yesterday. We recap all three of yesterday's games, and then we give a little preview of today's games, what we're looking forward to uh, and what we're looking for. And then we finish the show, as always, with Q&A. Right, Cal? Yes, sir. How's your Tuesday so far? It's great. Yeah? Another great day of basketball. Awesome. Awesome. Great day ahead. And a great day behind us, too. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us. Um, All right. First off, Calvin, you want to announce the winner of the Most Improved Player Award? Uh, Yeah. I mean, technically, I guess you can put two names on this award, right? But John Moran is the official winner. I think most people kind of saw that as a foregone conclusion, even though there are a bunch of people that were deserving of the award this Mm -hmm. year. Uh, but Ja, being the good teammate that he is, decided to give the award to Desmond Bain. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of mixed on this. You know, like, yes, it's nice for you to give it away. But at the same time, Ja Morant doesn't want the most improved player award. He wants the MVP award. He wants the finals MVP award. Yes. You know, like yes. uh, all the little accomplishments are, are great. But it is very nice of him to share it with one of his teammates who is uh, equally deserving in my oh, opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it also, I think, just goes to show how close-knit this young group of players is in Memphis. They seem to really, really like playing with each other, being around each other. Um, and it's a, a pretty cool thing, I think, you know. I could see Steph Curry doing this for Jordan Poole, you know, in the same yeah. situation or whatever. Yeah, I, I have no idea what Steph Curry would have to do to win most <laughs> well, improved player, but I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get what yeah. you're saying. That would be crazy. We have to average like 50 points probably in a season. Probably. Steph Curry, most improved player. <laughs> Has an MVP ever won most improved player after Ooh, that's winning a good an question. MVP? That's a good question. My that's, guess would be no, but I, I don't know for sure. Only person I could think about would be like Will or somebody that just put up these like ungodly numbers. I don't think they numbers. even had most improved player when yeah. Will played. So Yeah, that's wild. Also, if you guys are watching uh, Showtime Lakers documentary, it's winning time on HBO. It's hilarious. And a new episode just launched on Sunday. I watched it last night. It's getting pretty interesting. We're getting close to the playoffs. Pat Riley's getting yeah. into it with uh, the coaches coming back from injury. It's it's very, very entertaining. Are they announcing the MVP after the playoffs this year? I think it's announced right before the finals, They right? usually do it, yeah, right a yep. couple days before the finals start or something. Can Doc Rivers add another 3-1 deficit and add 3-0 lead and be first head coach to have team comeback? He's he's definitely trying right now. They're, they are yeah. <laughs> they're a very disappointing team at the moment. Yeah, we'll talk about them here in a little bit. But first <clears throat> off, we want to talk about some injuries. Uh, Calvin, I'm going to let you start off with this uh, Donovan Mitchell injury because <laughs> it is one of the strangest things it's that bizarre. I've ever seen. It's, it's almost as bizarre. weird as, as the Kawhi Leonard quad injury, right? Yeah, right? It is. Yeah, it, it's so strange. So Donovan Mitch- Mitchell, as I'm sure most of you guys know, if you watched the game yesterday, he had to leave towards the end. He was doubling over in pain, had to be helped uh, through the hallway. It, it was a, his hamstring tightened up on him. Got an MRI on the hamstring um, the day after. It came back negative, which is good. However, he's got what they're calling a bilateral quadriceps contusion, meaning he has bruising on both of his quads, but the hamstring was tight at the end of the game. So I, I'm not really sure what he's dealing with some major leg injuries. And yeah. his status for game six is now in question. He did did say, I'm going to do everything I can to play. Obviously, it's an elimination game for them. So 
they they need him and they need him to be at his best. But yeah, we'll see if he's able to get back on the court. It's getting even tougher here for the Utah <laughs> yeah, Mike, Jazz. Mike, you need some Midal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, maybe some Ben Gay. Maybe, or maybe some you can borrow hot. some from Ben Simmons. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, it is a strange injury. But as we know, you know, like uh, they're all, all those muscles and ligaments and all that are all attached together, right? Like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Yeah. We all know <laughs> the game. Uh, they're all attached. So when one's tight, it pulls on another. Uh, hopefully he can play. I think – he will definitely play, in my opinion. I don't know how effective he'll be, how many minutes he'll be able to play, but I think he'll definitely give it a go because he's a gamer. I, I expect to see him out there. I hope this is not what happens, but it could be one of those situations where we see him try to go, and then you know midway through the second quarter or yep. at halftime, uh, he cut, he doesn't come back and he's just yep. in too much pain. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it does not affect his off season because yeah. that's the main concern. If I'm the Jazz, like. The writing's almost on the wall in this series, and uh, your franchise player who has not been too happy with some of your other teammates could potentially injure himself further, which would not be good. I'm, I'm going to give him one of these guys. Yeah. All right, next up, Alex Caruso still remains in concussion protocols for the Chicago Bulls. And today's announcement makes it even harder on the Bulls. Zach Levine now goes into health and safety protocols. It's weird, Calvin. Uh, they said he's questionable for the game, uh, which blows my mind because health and safety protocols like a month ago meant you were out for like a week yeah. automatically. <laughs> right. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, it just goes to show that, you know, we've been this whole COVID situation has changed and evolved, not just in the world of sports, but in the world in general, um, you know, over the past couple of years. And this is the, the state that we're at now. It, it is now looked at uh, still seriously, but yet teams treat it like it's just a regular cold, you know. Or yeah. I, I'm not do. really sure. Some, some do. do, yeah. Some do. Maybe he was hanging out with Kamala Harris. You know, she just got <laughs> it too, huh? <laughs> Maybe he was. So weird. Either way, it's not good for the Bulls. Not good at all. <clears throat> not that we were predicting them to win the series, but, uh, yeah, just – Another unfortunate injury for the Bulls in an otherwise amazing season for them. Um, definitely something to build off of next year. I think so. Ain't over yet. Yeah, yeah, that's Ain't true. Ain't over yet. That's true. Uh, you still got a little <laughs> bit of hope in there. I love it. I love it. And next up, Jimmy Butler. Calvin, what's going on with Jimmy? Well, the Heat in general actually are, are dealing with a, a bunch of major injuries right now. Jimmy Butler has been, <clears throat> excuse me, ruled out. For tonight's game five due to knee inflammation, uh, I assume that it's just a precautionary thing. They're obviously got a nice lead in the series. Um, they're back at home for this game five, so they feel like they've got a good chance to close it out anyway. Mm -hmm. They're already going to be missing Kyle Lowry, who's still out with a also a hamstring, I believe, injury. So many hamstrings. So many hammies right now. The funny thing about Kyle Lowry is after he got hurt, they asked him, about his availability for the next game and he said oh i'm wolverine i'm gonna play this will now be his second missed game in a row <clears throat> so uh, he's not quite bitch, healing huh? at, at the same rate as wolverine but on top of that uh the heat also have listed caleb martin and pj tucker as questionable for today's game as well they're going to be game time decisions so that the heat could be without four of their major major rotation players including three starters yeah, that game starts here in about 45 minutes or so. Atlanta, uh, here's your chance, right? Yeah. you got to do something and make the best of it. All right, next up, moving on here. It is official, Calvin. The Brooklyn Nets are hanging out with LeBron in Cancun, or they're fishing somewhere else. They get eliminated. They get swept 4-0. They were the odds-on favorite to win the title this season. Uh, lots of drama surrounding Kyrie Irving, James Harden, uh, Ben Simmons. They just can't seem to get away from it. Now it's swirling around KD and, and Steve Nash. Uh, it's really tough for them. But, Calvin, you know, I think we can all agree, you know, they ma massively underperformed this season. I would list them as, as probably the most disappointing team in the NBA. The Lakers are also up there, too. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, we're hearing about Steve Nash potentially uh, getting fired or being on the hot seat. I know KD came to his defense. I saw an interview with Kyrie Irving that says he wants to continue to be involved with Kevin and Sean and uh, and Joe and managing this team. Yes. He used a weird word there, managing, managing. this team. Yes. But the interesting thing in this interview was he did not mention Steve Nash. Not once. And when Steve Nash got hired... Uh, he had the infamous quote of like, what do you mean we got a head coach? I could be a coach. KD could yep. be a coach. Blah, blah, blah could be a coach. What are your thoughts on this situation? Well, first of all, yes, they, they are a disappointing team this year. Absolutely. They underperformed, underachieved, all of that stuff. A lot of it was their own doing. Um, so I think you have to take that into account. I also feel like <clears throat> this time of year is a very... Uh, popular and usual time for people to overreact to certain situations. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the, the Nets collapse or the Nets uh, season shouldn't be taken seriously and they should look you know, very closely at what they need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again. However, when you look at the entire year, uh, not having Kyrie Irving for you know, well more than half the season, Durant missed a lot of time. Joe Harris was out for pretty much the whole year. They trade James Harden at the deadline for a guy that ends up not playing a game for them. Mm -hmm. um, this team, I think if you bring everybody back next year, there's still a lot of high hopes that this team can compete for a title. Uh, they're going to have to be a better defensive team. They're obviously going to uh, need some more shooting, which they get back with guys like Joe Harris. Mm -hmm. And Ben Simmons is the wild card for me here because he's the one that could help have an immediate impact on their defensive game. Uh, he could really make things easier for Kyrie and KD because of his ball handling and his passing ability. But he's the biggest question mark of anybody in the sports world right now. I, I just don't, there's no expectation for him whatsoever at this point. So that, that, to me, is where the the Nets season lies next year. It's not KD. It's not Kyrie, assuming that COVID doesn't become a, a major yeah. problem again next year. But Ben Simmons is is officially the, the key to whether or not this team can compete for a title, which is a scary thing to say. I'm going to disagree with you here, Calvin. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is Kyrie Irving has a $36 million player option for next season. We've heard him make promises to teams in the past that he's going to re-sign uh, and then not follow through with that, and that mainly being the Boston Celtics. Does he opt in for this $36 million? Does he try and uh, work out a new contract with the Nets? What do the Nets want from him in a contract, right? right? Like, in a perfect world, if I'm the Nets, he opts into this $36 million, right? Because we're only tied for one year. But from Kyrie's perspective, uh, he probably wants some long-term, uh, you know, promises as far as salary and stuff like that. If I'm the Nets, how much money am I really willing to give this guy? You know, he's only 30 years old, a phenomenal player, but we've seen all these other outside distractions. Um, you know, like you said, he missed more than half the games this season, so is he a half a max contract type <laughs> guy? You know, he he's as of right now, he's eligible to play all of next season. But we don't know if rules are going to change. Yeah. He's also had injury concerns his entire career. I don't think he's yeah. played a full season in his entire career. We saw it in Duke, uh, all, all these issues, you know, I was just talking about on the last episode, you know, Ramadan and him not eating or drinking during the daytime. Whatever your religious, uh, you know, opinions or, or beliefs are, like, I'm not a person to knock on any of those at all. Like, that's just not part of something that I do. But at the same time, you know, like, this is your job, right? Like, yeah. if I'm a pastor at a church, Am I going to be a Sunday football analysis or analyst? No, <laughs> because they conflict, right? And it's yeah. it's not like the NFL is like, oh, if you're if you're religious, we don't want you on our broadcast. It's just like a straight up, it's it doesn't work together, you know. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyrie Irving moving on. But on the subject of salary cap and looking the roster here, I just kind of want to break down everything, and then we can talk about things that they do need to improve, things that they can do this offseason to potentially 
get back to the finals or or uh, or be competitive next season. You know, KD signed that new contract extension last season, so he's locked up for the next four years. Uh, 42 million, almost 43 million next season and the season after that, then 49 and then 53. As I mentioned, Kyrie Irving has that $36 million player option. Ben Simmons is locked up for three more years, 33 million, 36 million, 38 million. Joe Harris uh, hopefully returns from this injury healthy. You mentioned shooting. He's locked up for two more years. Then you have Seth Curry, also a great shooter. Locked up for $8 million. Patty Mills has got a $6 million mm-hmm. player option. Other than that, this team doesn't really have much. You have a rookie in Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp. Both of those guys didn't play a single minute that I saw in the playoffs. Yeah, kind of surprised. Well, not Dayron Sharp, but Cam Thomas has been a pretty uh, important guy off the bench for them. Yeah, for scoring all year long. So I'm a little surprised they didn't try to give him some run. But we'll talk about that, too, because I got couple yeah. other guys I was interested about Steve Nash's rotation here. Okay. I mean, we got guys like Bruce Brown, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, uh, you know, Nick Claxton, Gordon Drogic. They're all expiring. Um, they've all been pretty instrumental pieces uh, outside of LaMarcus Aldridge. Didn't play much um, this season. But, you know, if I were to just say next season, if Kyrie opts in, we got KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. That's a decent starting five. Sure is. There's no center in there, but I think that's okay. KD's a big body. Ben Simmons is a big guy. Uh, I think that that starting five could work. And we've seen a lot of these super teams basically worry about their starting five, maybe their six man, and then kind of add veteran minimum players on top of that to try and make things work. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that Blake Griffin's probably going to be one of those guys that's going to return to the team. Um, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this roster. What's going on with Kyrie Irving? Uh, do you expect them to make any moves in free agency or big moves, or are they just kind of filling it out with veteran guys? I assume they're going to kind of fill it out with veteran guys. You know, I think that's generally what you see on these quote unquote super teams. Um, you have a bunch of guys at the top making a crap ton of money. And then it's just, how can you fill in the rest of the roster with veterans or, or minimum Um, salary pieces Uh, as far as the roster goes you know Kyrie Irving is much like being Ben Simmons a big question mark and you really never know what next move he's going to make never Uh, 36 million dollars is a lot of money so I would assume after hearing him talk I mean he we know that maybe he's not the most uh, reliable person to listen to what he says, but I think he means it when he says he's here with Kevin. I think those two guys have a pretty mm-hmm. close bond together. So uh, if I had to guess, I would say he does opt in for this contract or he tries to negotiate another one with Brooklyn rather than leaving. But my biggest question for the roster is what do they do with the front line of this team? Yeah, <clears throat> Because, a lot of these guys are aging now. Lamarcus Aldridge is 36 years old. Blake Griffin's 33. Um, they've got a couple other guys that are getting up in age as well. Goran Dragic is 35. Patty Mills is 33. So are they going to look to try to get younger at some of the, the center or the forward position, whether it's in the draft or free agency or a trade? Um, Nick Claxton is only 23, so he's still got a lot of you know upsides. He struggled but hard, He did man. struggle big time in this hack game. A, hack a clack. And we saw them start the series playing Andre Drummond a bunch. Mm-hmm. They realized that they couldn't really roll with him because he was too big and couldn't cover the, enough space defensively to stay with uh, the Boston front court. And then to counteract that, uh, you know, I expected to see a lot more of Blake Griffin in this series, but he only played in two games. Yep. I thought he would have really helped them uh, be physical on the boards, which they really needed in this series. Um, so they, they do have a ton of question marks, particularly when it comes to the forward and center spot, I think, going into next year. Yeah, they traded their pick to Houston uh, for James Harden. That was pick number 17. Uh, they will be receiving Right now, it's slotted at 23, depending on how Philadelphia does here. Um, But they need to make some moves. They need to make something happen uh, because the window, as you mentioned, is closing. These guys are getting older. Um, 
and you know KD's dealt with some serious injuries. Kyrie's been injured. Ben Simmons is injured. Joe Harris is injured. <laughs> yeah. It's like injury, 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 right? This team had the most uh, starting lineup combinations of any team in the league this year. Wow, that's truly incredible. Um, you want to make a prediction on on where you think they'll uh, they'll rank next year in the standings? That's tough because the Eastern Conference is now loaded with teams that are probably going to be around for a few years um, and be a at a really high level so you know we saw Brooklyn early on this season kind of get out to a good start and they, and they uh, were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for a little while it wasn't it was short-lived mm-hmm. but they were still up there I, I'm not so sure I, unfortunately I got to go back to Ben Simmons because it, yeah. to me whether or not he comes back at a high level and really changes how that team plays defensively, all that stuff, that's going to impact or, or have a huge impact and, and ripple, trickle down effects on how good the Nets are going to be next year. So if Ben Simmons is, you know, all-star level Ben Simmons that we've mm-hmm. seen in the past, this team could easily be a top three seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I expect them to make the playoffs, and, and that's just based on the fact that they have Kevin Durant, right? But at the same time, you know, I never bet against LeBron James missing the playoffs. He missed the playoffs this season. We saw, what was it, two seasons ago missed the playoffs. Or no, sorry, three seasons ago missed the playoffs. Uh, so it, it will be a very interesting offseason for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, moving on here. Let's talk some more about Brooklyn. <laughs> this is the Monday recap uh, we're going to talk about our first game we had on Monday. This was the elimination game, Boston at Brooklyn. Boston wins 116-112 over uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Interestingly enough, Calvin, this is the Boston Celtics' first playoff series win ever against the Nets, which is yeah. absolutely crazy. It was a very, very close series um, the average margin of victory was four points. They yeah. swept them with a combined 16 points, which is crazy yeah. to think, right? It is. It shows that this series was a lot closer than a sw- than the 4-0 sweep. Um, but the Celtics were able to, to grind out victories, whether they were leading the whole way through or down um, in this series every single time. So they were definitely the more resilient, uh, tougher team. They, they played harder. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. I picked Brooklyn to win this series, um, but Boston has just continued to impress me. Uh, I think that is just a testament to how good of a team they really are. And, you know, winning by an average margin of four points and not losing a single game in this series just shows to me that they're they're a real team. They're a title contender. They're ready um, to, you know, be involved in these close games, to close it out in uh, stressful situations. Um, so I think Boston, I might get ahead of myself here, Calvin, but I think Boston could be going to the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially the NBA Finals. It depends on what happens with the Miami Heat. And, of course, injuries um, are always involved in that situation Don't forget about the as champs. well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, the, and uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But... Today, I just kind of sat down and I was like, wow, this Boston team is has really, really impressed me. So I started looking at some similarities and I'm like, the last time they won the championship was in 2008. And I'm looking between these teams and I'm like, wow, these teams look pretty similar. Obviously, they're much different teams, the way they play, stuff like that. But in 2008, they had a defensive player of the year in, in KG. Of course, we all heard about Marcus Smart winning the, the award this year. First guard yep. to win it since Gary Payton. Yep. Uh, we've seen huge improvements um, by Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Uh, what do you think about this Boston team? Are they similar? I mean, they're so deep. That That's the thing for me is they have a lot of good players. They have a good system. They have a good coaching staff. They also have the depth. And that's one thing that I felt is so similar to the 08 Celtics, right? Was they had a lot of great players on that team, but then the bench just did so much for them. So I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Well, I think they're definitely contenders. Uh, they've for sure proven that. I mean, ever since the All-Star break, this team has by far and away the best record in the NBA. It's not even close. Um, and they have a very similar identity, I would say, to that 08 
Celtics team. They're a very physical team, really solid defensively. They're deep. Uh, they're well balanced. They've got maybe not a big three on this team like that 08 Celtics team had, but they definitely got a big two. And Marcus Smart has been playing like the yep. third member of a big three as of late for them. Don't forget Al Horford too. Oh yeah. He, yeah. He's come up great, but that, that just speaks to their depth. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, they move well without the ball. They share the ball. Um, they're an unselfish team, but defensively they're really, really tied together right now. And that to me is, is the thing that stands out the most about this team and the most dangerous thing about this team going forward, why they have a chance to maybe win the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I just got to give a shout out. Like, like we say on this show, you know, we're critical uh, of things or people when they're not playing well and, and we're appreciative uh, when they do. And we got to give a shout out to the Boston Celtics because great series by them. Uh, they are running at full speed right now. And yeah. uh, whoever faces them, they better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. If it does end up being Milwaukee and Boston, that could be that's potentially the best series of the entire playoffs right there i my, think my question for you calvin who on the celtics team is making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at halftime <laughs> uh, i'm not so sure i know that was a famous kg thing that yeah. he did to like fire up his teammates he said it was like the sugar in the jelly or something yeah. just got people <laughs> going so is that Al Horford? Uh, is that Marcus Smart? You know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure guy? anybody on this team is quite the same personality as KG. Nobody is has the same personality as KG, right? So Steven likes peanut butter and jelly. So do I. Everybody, peanut butter jelly time. It Who is delicious. Like it? I like toasted peanut butter and jelly too. You toast the bread, mm. you put the peanut butter on there, it starts to melt a little bit. Oh, man. Wow. Okay. It's lunchtime. You can tell I haven't eaten. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. All right, moving on here. It, well, any last jabs you want to put it at Brooklyn or anybody else here? No, I, I mean they're going to continue to get them all all postseason long. Um, it, they they just didn't have enough in this series. I mean to think that KD comes out and finally looks like Kevin Durant again. Thirty nine points. He didn't shoot well from three at all, uh, but he he was the only guy to me that really played with a sense of urgency like this was an elimination game yep and and now they're uh going fishing now they're going fishing which i love man i i really enjoy fishing but uh if you're in the nba you don't like to go fishing unless you're in the bubble right because then that unless means you're, you're, in the you're still in the bubble next up toronto raptors take on the philadelphia 76ers in philadelphia completely dominate them i think philadelphia was up 2-0 at the beginning of this game. Toronto comes back, uh, back, <laughs> down 0-2, yeah. and just completely dominates. There's one tie in this game. There's one lead change, and then Toronto is off to the races. We talked about the injury to Fred Van Vliet yesterday and what that means for them. Uh, no problem, man. This team looks completely different having Scotty Barnes back. Oh, yeah. And Joel Embiid looks completely different to me dealing with this injury. Uh, you know, it's 3-2 now, Calvin. They're heading yeah. back to Toronto. Toronto's one, win, one home win away where Matisse Thibel, who we talked about, right. no big deal, he can't play in Toronto. This could be a big deal in game six. Toronto's one home game away from forcing a game seven against an injured Joel Embiid and a, a not-so-productive James Harden. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, this is another team that if they end up losing this series in seven games, we can very easily peg them as the most disappointing team in the playoffs, right? I mean, to think that Philadelphia had this series by the throat, three games to none, uh, Embiid was looking great. Maxi has almost 40 points in game one. He really hasn't done much since then for mm -hmm. them. And give a lot of credit to Toronto, you know, that we talked about it before. Nick Nurse, what is he good at? He's good at in-game, in-series adjustments. Yep. Uh, he's a great game manager, in-game manager, stuff like that. Not a bad thing. We're seeing all of that stuff on display now. And, yes, Scotty Barnes coming back is the, the big, big key right now for this team. He's proving why he was the NBA's Rookie of the Year. Really does everything for this team um, and gives them another big, long defensive uh, body to use on yep. Philadelphia's big guys. So it's a huge, huge help. 
Um, and then I would say Precious Achua is the other guy that's really impressing me for this team. Oh, yeah. I was pretty high on him coming out of Memphis um, in the draft, and <clears throat> I didn't expect him to have this type of impact on this series at this moment. So I'm really, really liking what I see from him. I think he's going to be taking a, a next two or three steps here in the next couple of years. And then Siakam has played uh, like the team's best player. So right now they're they're not even missing a beat with Van Vliet out. Yeah, they're definitely rolling. It's interesting that we talk, you know, about Scotty Barnes, 12, 8, 4, 3 steals in this game. Uh, but the team just looks so much different when he's out oh, there yeah. on the court. They just look like a completely different team. And then, yeah, we talked about Philadelphia. You mentioned Tyrese Maxey, 12 points in this game. Uh, James Harden, 15 points in this game, 4 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point range. Uh, Embiid, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, no blocks, no steals, almost fouled out in this game. Uh, you know, watching this game, Calvin, it just made me think, like, if I'm Philadelphia, why the hell did I trade for James Harden? <laughs> like, you know, I, I understand the whole situation with Ben Simmons trying to get out from under that, but it, it seemed like there was more options than just trading for James Harden. And they actually gave up a lot to get him too, they right? Did. They gave up uh, their center. They gave up, you know, one of their best shooters. Uh, they gave up some draft picks. They gave up a lot to get James Harden. They did. And, you know, the reason I think that they went for him is Daryl Morey, right? Like, that's his guy. They have the obvious connection from Houston. He's traded for him twice now. If I'm Joel Embiid, does the relationship between James Harden and Daryl Morey make me feel a little bit different about this Sixers team? Um, I don't know if their relationship makes me feel a little different, but definitely James Harden's production makes me feel a little different if I'm Joel Embiid. I mean, he, he was the guy brought in to be the, the, the side man, the running mate, right? Like, they, you know... This was the next Shaq and Kobe. That's what everybody said, or you know, a lot of people said. I said it. I'm not. This lie. deal went down, um, and I made the mistake earlier in the series when Philadelphia was had complete control. I said, "Okay, James Harden doesn't have to be James Harden anymore for yeah. him to win." Yeah. Here we are, three I, two, I and think they what, need MVP James Harden really, really badly. I think you were uh, alluding to. They don't need James Harden to be off-court James Harden going to strip clubs and stuff to <laughs> yeah, win this that, series. That's for sure. No, they have to. He's turned the ball over a ton in this series. Yeah. Um, he really has struggled shooting the ball. He he needs to be he, he needs to be much much better. And Philadelphia can't mess around anymore. They they can't let this thing come back for a game seven. I mean, they should have you know closed it out in game four. But now with the Doc Rivers has already had one three-one collapse, oh, right? Yeah. They've got all this stuff hanging over their heads. James Harden, I still think, is the player with the most to prove in this postseason, and he has even more to prove now because he's been uh, a shade of himself for the past three, four games. I mean, the last year. Well, not he's had that's moments. The thing, though. He's with, had moments. His, his right? first month with Philadelphia, right when he was traded, he played phenomenally for them. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't averaging 35 a game, but he was putting up 13 assists, 12, 13 assists a game. He was scoring. He was hitting his threes. Uh, they really, really had a, a good thing going. They were clicking offensively. It seemed to open up Tobias Harris a lot back when he was playing well. So it, he, we, he can do it. He's capable of doing it. The question is, is he going to come out and play – yeah, a good game. He can't afford to have another poor performance for either game six or seven. It's so weird. You know, everyone speculated that the the rule changes have affected his game, uh, but he does have flashes, right? He has those moments where you're like, "Wow, James Harden's James Harden. He's back, right? He's getting older." Um, the difference for me between a star. And a really good player is the consistency factor, and he just hasn't been that consistent anymore. Not. Maybe it's him not taking care of his body. Maybe it's the fit with Embiid. Uh, maybe it's the style of play in Philadelphia. I'm not really sure, but it, he needs to figure it out, or they could be a big disappointment. If if they lose game six, uh, I, I think it's a toss-up in game seven. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, big disappointment. They could be the only team in NBA history that loses up three games to none. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, there's still two games left, so it's not decided yet. But they're, they're on the verge of a, a absolutely historical collapse here. Yeah, game six on Thursday. That will be quite interesting. All right, our final game yesterday, we had the Utah Jazz visit the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks win 102-77, 33 points for Luka Doncic. 20 points for Jordan Clarkson. We mentioned uh, Donovan Mitchell went out due to a hamstring injury with four minutes left in the game. They were already down 20-plus, so it's not oh, like the, the game was well that really that mattered. Yeah. But that does worry me for the rest of the series. For the yeah. Jazz, they are now down 3-2, uh, could potentially face elimination here. Um, Rudy Gobert, we saw you know the game winner he had in the last game. I thought he played pretty well in this game. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 6 of 7 from the field. Uh, no blocks in this game. Um, Mike Conley disappeared again. Only 4 points for him. And uh, 9 points for that. Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, Bogdanovich, 2 points. Basically, it was Jordan Clarkson and Rudy Gobert in this game. And another disappointing loss for the jazz uh, i'm gonna say it right here calvin i'm switching my pick i'm i'm agreeing with you now the mavericks are gonna yeah. move on uh, yeah i i think the writing is on the wall look donovan mitchell's been pretty much the only reason that the jazz are even in this series so yeah. if he's not able to go in game six it's crazy to think because before the, this series started i thought luca not playing was the single biggest injury to any team in the postseason yeah but Donovan Mitchell might be the single biggest injury to any team. And they won without him, too, <clears throat> which did. is the crazy thing. Well, we know that Wolverines heal pretty fast. How <laughs> fast do spiders heal, Calvin? I think they heal fast, <laughs> but maybe not fast enough. It, Utah's in big, big trouble, obviously. Even if Donovan Mitchell plays, they're in big trouble. They really are. This this uh, Utah Jazz team is, is so disappointing. If they lose this game, this next game, or just this series – uh, do you think Quinn Snyder gets fired? It's very possible. Yeah, it, it's very possible. I, I'm not sure, but they've had, you know, a number of opportunities here. They were the number one overall seed last season um, and were, again, a disappointment. I, I said it, you know, I think after game one or two, I think this is yeah. the end of the Utah Jazz as we know it. Yeah. I, I think there's some organizational fatigue here in just putting the same lineup out there. They're all getting older. They've dealt with injuries. You know, they peaked, and then they're kind of on this yeah. this way back down. And it, honestly, I don't think a lot of that is Quinn Snyder's fault. I think he's a great oh, yeah. coach, but I think he has lost the locker room, and maybe that's not because of him. Maybe that's because of the losing and, and the conflicts between some of the star players. Yep. But once you lose the locker room – it's almost impossible to get it back. So they probably need a new voice in there and they got to make some roster moves too. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. On the other side of the coin here, let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks. I know uh, Mike is, is listening and Mike, I was wrong. I'm sorry. We were both wrong. The Mavericks we are moving wrong. on, man. They are. I saw Mark Cuban by the bench standing there cheering, happy, yep. Yep. so happy. This team is looking great. Uh, you know, they're really a good team. Um, but how good of a team are they? You know, they won 52 games this year. Are they a championship contender or are they a pretender, Calvin? Man, that's t that's a tough call. They, they really have impressed me not only in this series, but all season long, uh, you know, I, I did not expect this team to be anywhere near the defensive team that they have been for the entire year. Uh, and when you've got a player like Luca, you know, that really gives you a, a special, uh, a secret weapon or, or whatever you want to call it in any playoff series. If, if you've got somebody that is that talented offensively is going to command double teams all the time is a great passer, as well as a great scorer, you know, th that, that is a serious, serious weapon to use. If Devin Booker wasn't hurt right now and the Suns weren't struggling in New Orleans, I would call them pretenders. Okay. But I think they might actually have a shot. It, you know, we'll have to see what happens. In, to make it to the finals, Phoenix, you're saying? To the Western Conference finals. Okay. 
Okay. Western Conference Finals. I, I don't see Dallas being able to go through both Phoenix and Golden State mm-hmm. to get to the, the NBA Finals, ultimately. I just think that's too much uh, for a team that that is is playing really well but doesn't quite have enough offensive firepower, I think, right now yeah. to contend with those teams who are both able to score and defend at the same time. They didn't rule Tim Hardaway out from potentially returning. I know he broke his foot. I think that was in, like, what, January he broke his foot. Um, You know, they ruled him out for this series. But he could potentially come back if they make it another round or two. Don't know what he's going to look like at all. Um, But he he could help them a little bit. Oh, he would definitely help. I mean, he fits in perfectly to the system they already run, right? They like to spread the floor with shooters around the three-point line, let Luka do his thing and find open guys to take wide open three-point shots mm-hmm. um, and Tim Hardaway can definitely knock down some open threes so that'll that'll for sure help and it adds depth uh, you know to their line he's a, yep. a bigger guy at the wing spot for defense um, and every, everything like that but uh, <clears throat> I, I think they're they're a good team and they're they're getting better right yep. now I just don't know if this is their year you know to yep. So to speak. I agree with you. I, I think they've had a great series. I think Luka Doncic is an incredible player. Uh, he just signed a max deal. And let's jump here into the numbers, right? Like, yes, they're a good team, but are they ready to compete for a title this year? I don't think so. So let's talk about what they can do to improve. I'm looking at next season's roster. You know, hopefully they can get Tim Hardaway Jr. back healthy. Uh, he signed a an awesome contract for them because it's, it was front loaded. Yeah. Um, so each year he makes less and less. He's on the books for 19 million next season. Then Which he's is got, still a high number. Yeah, but. it is. And then he's got two years after that. Spencer Dinwiddie's locked in for 18 million. Then he's got an, another year after that. Davis Bertons is the tough one, yeah. right? Because yeah. he signed that big contract in Washington after leading the league in three point percentage. Yep. Um, he's got three more years, 16 million, 17 million. Um, and then his third year is only partially guaranteed. So they do have an option there to kind of move on from him. And, and maybe that contract's a little bit more favorable as you get into like one and a half years left to potentially trade. But I don't know how much that really helps them next season, right? right? Unless they're able to package him in a draft pick or something to move on from that. Also fun fact about, uh, Davis Bertans. He's only got nine and a half fingers, and it's weird. It's on his shooting hand. I guess he had a woodworking accident when he was a child. Uh, They had surgery on the finger. They were afraid it was going to end his uh, basketball career. Not that he had a career at that point, but uh, he must have been pretty good at shooting by then (laughs) if they they had concerns. That hasn't seemed to affect him shooting the ball, but uh, maybe dribbling, stuff like this. I don't really know. Just a fun fact. Then you got Dwight Powell, $11 million next season. That's also a lot of money for a guy that's 30, but he's been instrumental for them. Oh, he's been huge for them. He's, he's also one of only dealt, five players in the league that played all 82 games this year. He's also dealt with injuries over the past two seasons. Yep. I know he was yep. healthy this year. And then Luka Doncic, as amazing of a player as he is, he just signed that contract extension. He's making $35 million next season. That's $25 million more than he's making this year. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm giving him that contract oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 12 <laughs> times out of 10, but it makes it a little bit harder to add to this team, right? It does hurt it, the team It's overall, a little bit we, more We haven't even cap. talked about yeah. the man of the hour right now for this team, Jalen Brunson, who yeah. will be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Yeah, and you got Reggie Bullock at $10 million, uh Maxi Kleber, 9 That's a partially guaranteed deal, but he's been playing well. I have a feeling they'll probably try and figure out a way to bring him back. You got Dorian Finney-Smith, $12 million next season. He's got three more years. Uh, Boban, Sterling Brown. Uh, you know, the team doesn't have a lot of cap space. <laughs> they have no cap space at the moment. I think they're $60 million over the cap right now as we speak. So what can this team do to improve and become a title contender? It, can it happen a year in a year, or do they need to kind of work on a multi-year process? That's a very good question um, because I, they, I think they do need to add to this team. I, they, I would recommend that they don't let Jalen Brunson get away. But the thing is, if you're that strapped for cash, it's going to take – 
a lot of moving pieces around in order, yeah. I think, to clear enough money to set, to re-sign this guy because there's a lot of teams. You know, I'm looking at the New York Knicks who really need a point guard. They've got money to spend. Oh, yeah. The Los Angeles Lakers might be looking for another point guard if they move on from Russell Westbrook. Maybe there's a sign-and-trade or something like that in there. I don't know how that would work for Dallas, but it, it's a – it's a very cautious uh, situation, I think, if you're the the GM of this Dallas team because you've got a team that's on the up and up. They're getting better. Yep. They they maybe overachieved a little bit this year, but you have to feel with a young core, uh, they've got a good coach, good defensive system in place, mm-hmm. a guy in Luka Doncic who's ready to be you know one of the top stars in the NBA. Um, this team has something going. However because of maybe a couple bad contracts and Lucas contract is not necessarily a bad contract, right? Because you want Luka Doncic on this team. Oh, and yeah. That's how much money it's going to take. 23 get, to years keep him. old superstar. But when you look at the rest of the roster and how little money they have to spend, it, it handicaps you a lot, especially yep. when you've got a guy in Brunson, who's going to command a lot of money on an open market right now. He's not a, a restricted free agent. So, He's got to be the best contract in the NBA this season. He's only making $1.8 million, Yeah, it's probably a tie is, between him and Malik Monk, right? Yeah, yeah, which is, is incredible. Um, yeah, they're they're in a tough spot here. We know Mark Cuban's got plenty of money, but unfortunately the NBA is not like baseball. You can't right. just pay everybody. There is a salary cap. And, you know, we talk about windows, right, winning windows, championship windows. We talk about uh, you know teams that can grow together and whether uh, timelines match up. I'm looking here. Tim Hardaway is 30 years old. Spencer Dinwiddie's almost 30. Burton's almost 30. Dwight Powell 30. Reggie Bullock 31. Kleber 30. Uh, Boban 33. Dorian Finney-Smith 28. You got a young guy in Luka Doncic 23. You got another young guy 25, Jalen Brunson that they need to re-sign. But who else is really going to grow? and flourish and continue to get better with this team, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you look at a guy like Tim Hardaway, who's probably in the prime of his career now. The question is, can he can he get better? How much better does he get? Yeah. Uh, but he's been a, a really, really solid um, starting caliber player in this league now for a few years. Uh, and not having him on this team definitely hurts them. So that, that's one guy I think that you would look at that would continue an upward trajectory with the rest of this young core um, Josh Green is another guy who has a lot of potential mm-hmm. um, but it's true they they are a very veteran built team right now yep. with a mix of a couple of young guys so that combined with their uh, inflexibility in, in money cash space is not a good situation going into the offseason Steven in the chat here mentions Rudy Gobert. Talk about a guy that makes a ton of money. Yeah. This guy makes $38 million next season, 41 the year after that, 43 the year after that, and then he has a player option for $46 million. Just crazy. Uh, you know, we're talking about bad contracts here in, in Davis Bertans. Potentially they could trade some of these guys for a guy like Rudy Gobert. Does he help this team at all? Oh, I think he would definitely help this team. I mean, actually, it's kind of like what the Jazz want to be, right? Yeah. Because Rudy Gobert is this great rim protector, really solid rebounder, and if you have good perimeter defense, they're able to funnel it, funnel the ball right to that shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dallas plays like that right now. If you add Rudy Gobert into that, that's a good start, you know, especially with Luca. Rudy Gobert could set some really good screens to open him and Jalen Brunson up, assuming you're able to re-sign Jalen Brunson. So I think the fit is a nice fit. I just don't know if it works money-wise. Yeah, and yeah, to, to get him, you'd have to give up Davis Bertans plus a Spencer Dinwiddie or a Dwight Powell and maybe a Maxi Kleber or or a Trey Burke plus some picks. Uh, the salaries are just huge. And then if it doesn't work out, you pretty much got Luka Doncic and Rudy Gobert taking up $70 million of your cap space. Uh, the next year, $75 million. The year after that, they're at like $85 million. That's um, wild. So <laughs> the, the salary cap is only like $120 million. Yeah. You're committing yeah. 
you know, over uh, 80% of your salary to two guys right there. The NBA needs to sign a new TV deal every year at that rate just to have the Dallas Mavericks yeah. uh, to give them some cap space. All right, so uh, you want to make a prediction on, on Dallas next season as far as standings? Uh, gosh, I, it's so tough to call right now, you know, because you still have the off season. Um, I think a lot of what Dallas is going to do next year hinges on is Jalen Brunson going to be back on this team or not? And if he's not, who, is, who are they going to go and get to replace him? So it, I think it's too early to call for me right now. Okay. I'm going to say they're making the playoffs, and that's just the fact that they have a little bit of Oh, I'll pick them to make the playoffs because yeah. the, the Western Conference is, is not as strong as it's been in years past. Um, so, yeah, and they've got Luka. I'll still pick them to, to be a playoff team. Okay. All right, let's move on here. It's Tuesday, right? Which means we got more basketball today. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. We got, oh, Taco Tuesday, LeBron's favorite day of the week. We have three games today. First off, we have the Atlanta Hawks visiting Miami. And as you mentioned, Kyle Lowry's out. Jimmy Butler's out. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. I see Bogdan Bogdanovich is out, and Lou Williams is still out for Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a tough game for Atlanta here. You know, it's in Miami. I know Miami's missing some players here, but... Yeah, but then you look at their bench and the guys that they're able to yeah. unload into the starting lineup. Tyler Hero comes in. Victor Oladipo is going to play more minutes now. Uh, they're so deep. Uh, I mean, they it's really just are. unfair, actually. <laughs> Miami's favored by four and a half in this game. You want to make a prediction? Oh, I think that I, even as crazy as it sounds, I'm still picking Miami to win and end this series. Tonight. Okay. I, I just think that it, Atlanta has to play two well, yeah, uh, they need to be perfect. M Miami's ability to guard Trey Young on the perimeter with switching a bunch of guys onto him at will is a huge, huge advantage for them. They're at home tonight, and they've still got guys who can catch fire in this series, like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson's another mm -hmm. name we didn't even mention. You know, those guys can come out and, and have 25 points or more just on threes alone. So it, Miami's still too dangerous of a team, I think. Yeah, I think they're going to win this game too and extend this, or sorry, not extend, to end the series. They need to do whatever they can to avoid extending the series yeah. like Philadelphia is doing, like Phoenix is doing. They need to get a break here. They need to get Jimmy back, uh, rest his knee up, and uh, be ready for the next round. Yeah, I think Tyler Hero has a, a huge game tonight. Okay. I, I mean, I'm talking north of 25 points. Oh, wow. Uh, and right. the Heat close it out. Okay. I, I can agree with that. Next up, we have the Timberwolves at the Grizzlies. I'm not saying Minnesota and Memphis anymore, <laughs> Calvin. That's the last time. I keep screwing it up. So Timberwolves face the Grizzlies. This series is tied 2-2, which is pretty wild. Uh, I'm going to stick with the, the narrative that if there's a protester, the Timberwolves win this game. Uh, they haven't proven me wrong yet, right? They have three wins. Uh, when protesters on the court, they have zero losses. Could be a different game tonight. Um, I think Memphis is favored to win. ESPN says they have a 78.9% chance of winning this game, and they are favored by six and a half. What are your thoughts on this game? Well, first of all, I don't know if I would bet any of the spreads in any game today. They're, they're pretty high. <laughs> for all teams, even Miami, who's got the lowest spread, I think it's like four and a half or something. They're missing, you know, a bunch of key players. So uh, I'm cautious on betting spreads today. But that being said, I, I will still pick Memphis to win this game tonight. They're at home. Um, I think this series has been a total toss-up of which team is going to show up for each game. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I expect Memphis to rally behind the home crowd. Maybe they, they've got you know, extra security in to make sure that the protesters are <laughs> shut down before they even get into the arena tonight. And uh, expect a bounce-back game from John Morant. Desmond Bain has played phenomenally all, all series long. Yep. Uh, and and all take, season. Yeah, he's played really well all year. Um, but he's stepped his game up to another level in the postseason. Yep. And so I'll take Memphis to win this game five at home. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be uh, you know still riding high after that uh, most improved player award and and him giving it to his teammate. I love the chemistry with them. My question for you, Calvin: How many minutes is Stephen Adams going to play in this game? Pro
Probably not many. I, I don't yeah. expect them to change uh, up their their tactics now, uh, especially with the way Brandon Clark has played. He's been probably their best big man, actually, in this whole series because Jaron Jackson Jr. has been in foul trouble in a lot of these games. He hasn't really shot well, uh, and Steven Adams hasn't played much at all. So Brandon Clark should continue to get a ton of minutes and, uh, yeah, Steven Adams, I would think it's another sub-10-minute game for him. I, it's so hard to pick this series. It really has been, oh, right? This is it's definitely it's, the toughest one. It's been the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Yeah. Hyde just back and forth. Another exciting game. So I, I'm definitely excited to watch, but I'm not making a prediction on this game because I have no clue what's going to happen. Uh, Final game of the day, and actually the game that I'm looking forward to most, the most exciting game for me, New Orleans visits Phoenix. This series is tied 2-2, which is absolutely incredible. Devin Booker's still out with the hamstring injury. Um, People people are just losing their hamstrings left and right (laughs) here in the NBA. It is incredible. Phoenix is favored also by 6.5 in this game. What are you looking for in this game, and what does New Orleans need to do to win this game? Well, I'm looking for Chris Paul to have a huge game tonight. Uh, he had, I think, one of the worst playoff games in his career in Game 4. Uh, he got he got his jockstrap taken by uh, Jose yeah. Alvarado. Or not his jockstrap, but he, he got taken right oh, yeah. by Jose Alvarado in his that game. His lunch money got you taken. Know, you know he's going to be really, really upset about that one. Um, and I expect him to come back, you know, with uh, a lot of determination and have a really, really great game in this one. I think the Suns pull this one out at home. But, man, New Orleans, in order for them to keep this thing going, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. Brandon yep. Ingram, McCollum, and Valanciunas have got to continue to be uh, big time for them. And then their role players have got to continue to step up on defense. Mm-hmm. Herb Jones has been really solid for them. Huge. And Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. Yeah. I got a new nickname for him. Okay. My mom texted me yesterday, and she goes, Jose Alvarado looks just like that little guy from the Diet Dr. Pepper commercials. And now I can't unsee it. So from now on, he is Jose Lil Sweet Grand Theft Alvarado. Oh, wow. That's a That's long a name. long one. Or just Lil Sweet Grand Theft. I don't know. Maybe something like that. I think it's hilarious, though. But they, they've got to continue uh, to keep the pressure up. This is a, a young team. Um, they're going to play a lot of guys. At the full-court press has worked for them since the All-Star break, it really mm-hmm. ever since they got C.J. McCollum back. They need to keep that defensive intensity up on the Phoenix Suns all game long, make it as difficult as possible for Chris Paul. And then Brandon Ingram and C.J. have to you know, combine for close to 50 points. What about Jose GTA? It's I like quick. that one, but it's there easy. is, uh, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson has the JTA. Yeah, but he's nickname. he's, he's no from Jose Oakland Alvarado too. though. That's true. That's true. I he, like it. He's my for, new for Jeremy now, Lin. I'm just gonna call him Lil Sweet. Okay, he's my new Jeremy Lin. I got <laughs> oh, I got no expectations. He's not anywhere near. No, what no, Jeremy no, Lin no. But what I'm just saying is like early on, Jeremy Lin watching yeah. him in New York. No expectations for this guy. Gives a lot of energy on the court. I root for him. He's exciting to watch, and I just want him to do well. So Yeah, he's one of those scra- – he's like a Patrick Beverly, right? Yep. A guy that just continues to get under your skin, and he's going to keep trying over yep. and over and over and over again until he, he cracks. And th- these young players for the Pelicans, they have no fear when it comes to oh, Chris yeah. Paul. They're in his face all game long. They're giving it to him uh, just as he's giving it back to them. So – a lot of pressure on Chris Paul right now, I think, for this Game 5. Chris Paul's looking a little old right now. Yeah. He is. Uh, I agree with you. I think they need a big game out of Valanchunas, just like the last game. They need C.J. McCollum to do his thing, and then they need to ride their horse in Brandon Ingram and uh, you know do their thing. I'm going to make a prediction in this game, Calvin. Oh, this one you want? Yeah. I, I'm taking the you Pelicans. want the smoke here. I'm taking the Pelicans. Okay. I'll take the Suns to win this game. I mean, of course you're going to take the Suns. <laughs> Uh, I was 0-3 on my picks yesterday. I'm just going to throw that out here. But I, I got a good feeling about New Orleans. Okay. Who knows? Maybe uh, it's, a, it's a different kind of feeling. But uh, I, I got a good feeling about the Pelicans here. It, it's going to be very interesting if New Orleans is able to go back 
to the Smoothie King Center. Yeah. Worst arena name in pro sports. Is it still called that? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Uh, up 3-2. Yeah, that, that's exciting. That is really exciting. And, you know, not to knock on Chris Paul at all, because, like, I'll just say it, like, every episode, one of my favorite players, one of the best point guards of all time, uh, but he is getting up there in age. And without Devin Booker, it's the Chris Paul show. So is that enough to get past this team? I don't know at this point. A few games ago, I would have been like, yeah, it is. Yeah. But the Pelicans but are, are really impressing me. The Sun, Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree with that. The Suns, they need a big game out of Chris Paul. They need DeAndre Ayton to continue to play yep. the way he's played. But they got to find something else. Cam Johnson was one of the best three-point shooters in the league all year. Uh, he has he's struggled so far in this series. Same with Jay Crowder. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges is another guy that they could really use uh, to step up on offense and get them, you know, twenty or so points. Uh, if that happens, I think Phoenix has no trouble yeah. um, winning this game. But they they need to find some outside contributions right now. They need that third guy to step up. If it's a close game, I think Phoenix is going to pull it out. Like we mentioned, Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards of all time, great game manager. Uh, I think he can definitely squeak out a win there late. Um, but if the Pelicans are up 10 with three minutes left, they they could very well win this game. Very yep. well win this game. Yep. All right, that's it for today. Um, we're going to close out the show with Q&A. Steven, I, I know you've been really active in the chat. And we appreciate yeah, you. you. Uh, if you got any questions for us or any subjects you would like us to cover, let us know, and uh, we'd be happy to go over those before we shut down the bar here and get to basketball. Looks like the Miami Heat game is going to start here in about 10 minutes. Oh, Calvin, I forgot to ask you. I know I told you my my uh, game that I'm looking forward to today. Do you have a game that you're looking forward to? I think it's a tie for me between uh, Memphis Oda and Phoenix New Orleans. <laughs> okay. I mean, both series are 2-2 right now. Both series have been entertaining for different reasons, but still very entertaining. Um, and I think both games are kind of toss-up games right now. You don't really yep. know which team is going to seize control of these series. So I, I think... Either one, I'm fine with taking. I couldn't agree more. You know? Oh, and Stephen, I do remember you asked about smooth or crunchy peanut butter earlier in the show. I'm smooth all the way. I don't know about you. Oh, I gotta go but, crunchy. Ooh, okay. And I, I just, I got thrown out here, Calvin. I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of shit for being a crunchy fan. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, however, I do I, have to say, I can't agree with that. I got a notice from Costco two weeks ago saying that they were recalling peanut butter for uh, pieces of metal. We're in the peanut butter from like the machinery. Oh, really? They were only recalling smooth peanut butter, not crunchy. But that's only Costco brand, right? Uh, no, it was sold at Costco. I think it was like Jif or something. Uh, Jif, nah. Maybe Jif. What's the one with the green top? Or not? Not green. It's like teal. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. The what, Skippy I was, Jif is that? The I, same I think it was company? Skippy. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. But I was looking at it. I'm like, crunchy. I'm good to go. Save my life again. Uh, Steven wants to know, what about flavored jelly? Flavored jelly. I'm classic grape. I like raspberry too, but I'm classic grape. Did you ever have the one that was the jelly and the peanut butter swirl in the same jar? My dad would no. get that all the time. No, I never had Because you, you take one mix and it's out and you and it's jelly peanut butter. Disgusting. <laughs> I wouldn't go for it. I love grape jelly. I love strawberry. I love all jellies. You and gotta, jams. You, you got to create your own ratio, I think, when it comes to peanut butter and jelly. Kevin Green, my former, our former roommate, puts more jelly on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich than anyone I've ever seen. Weirdo. Weirdo. But back to the games here. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. This Atlanta-Miami series, we could see somebody go home. Tomorrow, we got two more series. Both are potential elimination games. So Minnesota and Memphis, exciting. New Orleans and Phoenix, exciting. More basketball, exciting. Yeah, and we'll see what happens on Thursday because, you know what, Calvin? We're, we're coming pretty closer to the end of the first round. Yeah. Most surprising team Who would you rather so see versus the Warriors, Grizzlies or T-Wolves? I had Swirl. Who would you rather see, Warriors versus Grizzlies? Um, no, who, who would you rather see against the Warriors? Yeah. Minnesota or Memphis? I'm going to say Minnesota here. 
And that's just because we'll see the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins storyline play out, right? They both were traded for each other. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wiggins uh, reached or had so much backlash um, about his performance in Minnesota and whether him in, in Towns could work out. Uh, so it'd be exciting to see those guys. Um, plus, we've heard rumors about the Warriors potentially trying to trade for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I think that'd be an exciting series. I think either one would be an exciting series. I would rather see Memphis go against them just because I remember early on in the season that John Morant, Steph Curry battle was epic. Both of yep. them had over 30 points in that game. Um, and, you know, I said it before, I'm just not the biggest Minnesota fan. I don't know what it is about that team, but I don't like something about them. So I'd rather see Memphis. What do you mean you don't like? You don't like seeing protesters run the court? I like, don't like seeing protesters if, run the court. I don't like the way that the Timberwolves <laughs> players carry themselves. I love Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Love Anthony Edwards. But everybody else on that team, I'm just like, eh. You know who's a Wolverine? Anthony Edwards. We saw yeah. him with the knee injury. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes running right back out. No problem. Crazy. He is crazy. Yes, we will be doing an NBA mock draft. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a little party celebration for uh, the draft lottery. Um, we're going to do a free agency special. We will be here all summer having fun for you guys. So we will be here. Uh, you guys are making me love basketball again. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Thanks, man. Awesome. We appreciate you a lot. Yeah, hopefully we get that feature set up here soon. We'd love to take some callers on yeah. the show. Yeah, That'd be definitely. Great. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Make sure you hit that like button down below. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, Flame Fury 11, I see you here. What's up, dude? Uh, you just missed the show. We're closing out right now. <laughs> we will be going to some Kings games next season, so we will yeah. see you there. We only went to two last year, but hopefully it's going to be a lot more than that this yep. year. Yep. I also want to remind you guys, please hit the notification bell. You'll get notified every time uh, we go live or post a new video. Anything else you want to say, Calvin, before we end the show? Thanks for watching. All right. See you guys tomorrow. Thank you guys so much. The bar is officially closed. Uh, make sure you close out your tabs, drive safely, and don't forget to tip your bartender.